560 KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Miller and Condon on a busy Friday. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. As Trent and I will talk the world of football with you right up until noon here today. Uh, Coming up on the BMW of Des Moines guest list, we're going to start things off at the NFL, trying to cram everything in here. If you've got an NFL team in the uh, of the Big Four, you're going to hear about them on our program. And uh, today we've got uh, Dave Sinekin, theheadcheese.com, as the Packers try and get back in their winning ways. Well, everybody in the division does. Trent, after after last week, Dave Sinekin, isn't that something? Sinekin uh, will join us at ten fifteen. Then we'll get to Hawks and Clones. Tom Cakert at ten. 10- 25-ish. Of course, we'll do the Wisconsin game. The uh, McCaffrey's crew has a game tonight. Carver Hawkeye, 8 o'clock. Big Ten Network has that one. Southern Illinois of Edwardsville. What did you tell me the point spread was? 24 the Hawkeyes are favored by. Come get some. 24 <laughs> and uh, 8 o'clock, will, that game will tip. Uh, and then we will hear from Dylan Montz as he makes his way down to Norman. Uh, Dylan will join us at Nopine on the Oklahoma-Iowa State game at 11. Back to the NFL. Nick Athen will join us. Uh, we'll do the Vikings. Look forward to that. Vikings and the Cowboys Sunday night football. Oh, baby, that's going to be a blast. I think. I don't think. Uh, by the way, Ted Glover is going to join us from the Vikes. I don't think Adam Thielen is going to play. It doesn't sound that way. Uh, how big of a blow? Does that change your opinion on the game, or did you like Dallas going in? I like Dallas going in, and I like it more, even without Thielen going to be out there. It's a primetime game in Kirk Cousins. Right. That that's as simple as a read as I can have yep. on this football it's kinda game. Kind of like Bama with Michigan, right? Until right. they win a close football a, 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 a football game against a team with a pulse, and they did. Um, we'll see Sunday night. You're right. Kirk Cousins can. I don't think change people's minds just yet. Not yet. Not yet. But certainly could make them at least plant that seed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, so we're going to talk uh, Chiefs. And it sounds like Patrick Mahomes is going to play as they take on Tennessee. That number, boy, oh boy. So we taped our media comp show. That was my play of the week. Yes. And it was three and a half. Correct. And is it five and a half or six now? Six and a half is it's what I saw this morning. Now. Yeah. So, well, that was probably know. about an hour ago. I was taking a peek in, uh, officially making my picks for the week gotcha. and putting them on paper. And when I did, it was six and a half, that number. Well, I'm going to have to adjust that because that still remains one of my picks. But uh, anyways, uh, then Batman Bob Trent and I are going to go just around a um, what promises to be a tremendous Saturday of college football. I uh, look forward to that conversation, as I always do. Bama will join us about 11.20. Claxons is going to give our audience an opportunity, at least four members of our audience, an opportunity to win some barbecue. Uh, Mark Charter's picks, then Trenton, my picks, before we get out of here at noon. A busy day. Uh, Trent, uh, last night it was all about the NFL and the AFC West for me. And I do want to get into the Chase Young's thing, at least, uh, you know, coming up here uh, for a few minutes. But, mm-hmm. you know, that was a pretty entertaining football game. And kind of, you know, in one way it was uh, sad's not maybe the right or the right term. It's probably it was sad for, you know, Raider fans in the uh, in the Oakland area. Um, but that's the final 
primetime game, football game anyways, that's going to be played in the Coliseum. I mean, the, the franchise is leaving. Everybody knows that it's leaving. Yet the Raider fans are still turn, uh, turning out uh, to see their team while they still can. And what an environment it was. I mean, just you could see Carr there on the sidelines throughout the fourth quarter pumping the crowd up. And, and they were into it, and it was loud. And after they make the uh, interception on fourth down to clinch it, and they had that shot yeah. to the scene, it looked like everyone just pushing and shoving <laughs> each other and all excited. and. You're right. It, it's it's disappointing to see it's that, weird. but they were never able to come up with the stadium deal and say what you want about it. That's important in today's yes. NFL and today's sporting world. You have to be able no question. to be able to do that. And they have played in that decrepit stadium now for a number of years. They moved from Oakland to LA back to Oakland. Were you watching when uh, when when Fox? Um, what do they call it? Superimpose or whatever. They showed all the stadiums that used to be a dual purpose stadium in the past. Oh, Noah. Uh-huh. Yeah, where they would show where the baseball, where uh-huh. the diamond would be, and then where the football field would overlap it or overlay it, I guess, if that's what you want to call it. But uh, yeah, they, they showed a handful of those. And of course, Oakland was the last one to do that as recently as September. Uh, but it's all coming to an end. And yeah, it's just going to be. Yeah, look at it, as, as a guy who lost a, a team, right. you know, a sports team that that he roots for, and it's, they're in a way kind of used to it because they moved to L.A. But then they got him back, which I think just makes it worse in a lot of ways. Right? You lost him to L.A., but then they came back, and you're feeling euphoric, and then only to have it pulled out from underneath you again. Still, as a just fan that is not a fan of the Raiders, I'm excited they're moving to Vegas. It's uh, and, and an opportunity to go out there when the Bears go there, or yeah. just happen to be in Vegas and maybe be able to catch a game. It's a crazy. It's a um, that that part of the strip. Now it's the Monte Carlo. So so where it is is there's the Mandalay Bay, then there's the Luxor, then there's the Excalibur, then there's a street and I can't remember what it's called. And on the other side of that is MG. No, it's not. Is it the MGM? No, it's not. It's New York, New York. Then it's the Monte Carlo. So it's that end of the strip. Mm-hmm. And right behind the Monte Carlo now stands, um, what do they call it? It's named after a phone company. Where the Golden Knights play. The T-Mobile. Variety, T-Mobile. T-Mobile Center. And across the interstate from T-Mobile Center is where, the, essentially across the, the interstate from the T-Mobile Center, is where they've built the new Raiders Stadium, which is going to host you know, the Raiders, going to host bowl games, who knows what if it'll ever see a Super Bowl? I'd imagine that it oh, would. Yeah. When you build a new stadium, uh, you, a Super Bowl usually comes with it. I mean, what a what a perfect place to put a Super Bowl with all of those rooms, with all of those restaurants, with an airport in McCarran that is used to, you know, thousands, tens of thousands of people going through it on an everyday basis. It's it's the right city, Trent. It's it's the right city. And that end of the strip, back to my original point. Um, Boy, it has certainly spruced up yes. here in the last little while. But still feel bad for Oakland. Boy, that uh, safety Harris, what a game he had. He had three picks. Now, one of them was taken away on a penalty. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, saying that, what does that mean for the guy that's throwing those picks? I guess where I want to go with you here, are we beginning to see the beginning of the end of a Hall of Fame career in Phillip Rivers? I th- Yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. I think so. He's never going to get it. At least it doesn't appear that way, his Super Bowl ring. Even an AFC Championship game. Even an AFC Championship game. Because when he played in it, or when the team played in it, he was hurt. Or even, they even get that far. He was hurt uh, when they had a really good team and looked like the Danian Tomlinson and him were going to lead it to... Um, you know, to that Super Bowl. But it never... Was that against the Colts, maybe? I think it might have been. Regardless... Um, 
Yeah, I mean, how are you going to look? It's he's still got some games left, but he it does, seems like it's coming to the end. It does, and, and you, I mean, a, a guy with nine kids, ten kids, I, I don't them. even know what it's yeah, up to good now. And his wife, you know what? What is the future for that? Is it just? Is it worth it anymore at this point? He's out there. It's ugly. My wife watching the game. Man, he doesn't know how to throw a football, yeah, does he? Weird. It just, it, because he looks so different he than does. anybody else throwing a football in the NFL. It is that you shot know who, put. You know who's coming close to that? And once he once he leaves, you know who's going to take that mantra, I guess, if you want to. Lamar Jackson and okay. I think Marcus Mariota, if he's still in the league. Because they kind of throw like a dart almost. Right, right. It doesn't, it's not over the top. No, it's and it's not a big wind up to get it there which you know is not necessarily a bad thing for a quarterback right uh but it's just uh it's just a different delivery of the football and 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 he certainly has been uh you know at the forefront of that you know one of my favorite guys that had that and he would like he dropped down was Bertie kozar remember Bertie yes, kozar yes i got do that, yes got i do the, i mean yep we've saw brett Favre was really good at that at kind of changing angles and he was the first guy that it felt mm-hmm. like was a super high level guy that would do that God, a I lot miss, throughout the course of the so game much, but Bertie Kosar, I mean, he he dropped down. He's throwing yeah. three quarter delivery yep. a lot of those throws. That's a good pull on your part. I forgot all about that. That's, you're 100 percent right. 100 percent right. I wonder if that was a because it wasn't that way. Like when he was at Miami and early in Cleveland, I wonder if that was maybe a shoulder injury that know. led to that. But he would drop Not down and there'd be say. some weird weird throws coming out of his arm. Any more though with the people going through seven on seven camps and you go to Elite Eleven and all these things. Those kind of quarterbacks are going to be few and far between, aren't they? I would think probably so. I mean, you're just so many young guys are from the beginning. This is how you throw the football. Yep. You go through it time in and time out. But I like those different guys. I do too. Well, I mean, Lamar Jackson's making, maybe he's going to pave the way for that too. Yeah. Because if you can run like he can, <laughs> regardless of how well, you got to throw somewhat, but boy, um, that, that's, that's a band aid on some of the uh, skills that he's lacking. And he is not. So Chase Young is going to miss at least, uh, tomorrow's game against Maryland and maybe next week against Rutgers. He's lawyered up. Um, which mm-hmm. is the right thing to do? Why? Why wouldn't you? In a case like this, apparently, in his in his lawyer is a former uh, call it uh, NCAA athlete and actually worked in the uh, NCAA um, within the last little while, anyways, before he went into his own legal practice. So his name is Tim Nevis, I believe is how you pronounce his last name. Nevis, Nevis. He's um, he's a guy that knows the ins and outs. And, you know, he's a former NCAA investigator. He's going to represent Chase Young. He apparently took a loan from a guy he met, or a family friend who came became a family friend uh, just before he went to high school. So, right. you know, read into that what you will, you know, um, is, is, is this an agent? Are we going to find out that he's an agent? And even if it is, you know, apparently, as Tim Navis is, this is his quote from his from Chase Young's lawyer. He took a small loan from a close family friend last year to cover basic life expenses. The loan was repaid months ago, and we're working to restore his eligibility. Unfair and outdated NCAA rules punish athletes for making ends meet while enriching everyone else. Hard to argue that final line. Um, that it's enriching everybody else. I mean, everybody except the pro, uh, except the players who should be pros. And, and maybe this uh, name, image, likeness might solve some of these things. Maybe it won't. Maybe it will. But 
Um, I think it's coming, and I think you know it's 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 more likely to help than to harm. The rich are still going to get richer. Mm-hmm. They're still gonna, five stars are still going to go where they always go. I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. People will you know debate and say otherwise, um, you know, because they've got student loans. And I have no idea what that has to do with anything, but because they have to pay their own student loans, they don't think anybody should be able to benefit, uh, even though um, you know they're they're making the university or the institution literally or part of the part of the process that makes the institution hundreds of millions of dollars so we'll see on chase young i guess you know that this is um, matters like not at all but what does this do does this eliminate him from you and i don't have a heisman vote no no uh, i yet. wish we did yet um we'll keep working that yeah i wish we did there's like thousands of people there are thousands of people and you know uh, most of those people see one game a weekend that's true um, as I try to make a case for myself, <laughs> you don't have to sell me. Uh, no, but 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 nonetheless, if a you know, I'd love to be able to sit. I think Keith Murphy has one. Uh, does Chris have one? I don't know. I don't know if he does either. But what is this? Will, will you? Are you less inclined today to? And and maybe they didn't have Chase Young on their ballot. Now, if they didn't, they're not watching college football. Mm-hmm. Um, but this may, does this make you less inclined to... Oh, no doubt. Yeah. I mean, this kind of thing lingering over. And, and it's so interesting with Ohio State. And, and that's the angle that I take here from everything with this program. And it has been it's been shady for a very long time. But they're not alone. No. No, not at all. But they do things. They play at a different level than the rest of the Big Ten. And the success that comes with playing at a different level. They are an SEC program that just happens to be in Columbus, Ohio. They okay. do things a different way. Yeah. And these are the things that come up. But it felt like after Urban Meyer left, here comes Ryan Day. Mm-hmm. And and this was under Urban Meyer's watch, by the way. This was a 2018 incident. The loan was when Urban was running the program. Maybe it's head in the sand, but it felt like, okay, Ohio State, Urban, I, I've told you before, the guy, he just bothers me. I mean, it was shadiness mm-hmm. and run rampant and yep. excuses. And right. I just... And his wife covering up for him. Yeah. I hated that whole incident last year. There, there are so many layers to it that I just I find it difficult to respect Urban Meyer. You know, you talk about how much you love him I breaking do. down games. Yeah, I do. And maybe that's the why I just I can't wrap my arms around him because I know he's he's a crook. Mm-hmm. He's a crook, and mm-hmm. because of that, it's difficult a successful for me. Successful one, <laughs> oh, no doubt. Yeah. You maybe have to be a crook to be successful yeah. in today's college football at the highest of levels. But I don't know. Maybe I just head in the sand. But I was hopeful that this was Ohio State with a young guy, Ryan Day, mm-hmm. and they don't in the Big Ten. They don't have to cut corners. They Wait, don't. They don't have to do things not Ohio that State much differently. Doesn't. They don't. And here it comes. And it comes out. Yes, it was happening. This happened under yeah. Urban Meyer. Well, but, and I want to know, Trent, is you know who blew the whistle? <laughs> oh yeah, a team that we're our there's somebody somebody right? sniffing around. So so yeah, who is who is the one that? Because um, the loan was paid back. Yes. You know how, how does that how does that get out there? Uh, at this point, there's always I mean, a paper coming trail. up on the schedule. <laughs> I saw Tim May was a part of the article. Who uh, I used to have Tim on quite a bit. And who does he write for? Uh, long time for the Columbus Dispatch. I think okay. he works for a Buckeye website now. But excellent reporter. He's not that letter winner's site, is he? Yes, he's part of that. I okay, because that's who broke the story. Yes, apparently. yeah. And his name was at the bottom of the article I saw there, but. These are real uh-huh. newspaper, real reporters, I should say. Not newspaper. You don't have to work for a newspaper no, to be a real not reporter. not to be a journalist anymore, you don't. And uh, that was the case there. Tim May does a really good job. And it doesn't matter. They play Maryland. They're 43 and a half point favorites. Rutgers next week, they might be favored by 60. I was going to say in the 50s, but we're going down the same path. <laughs> it's going to be a huge number. Yeah. 
what it matters for. But then though, in two weeks it, or three weeks, rather. And, and even then, it's the college football playoff. That's when it matters. Yeah, but Penn State's gonna. Well, so, well, we'll see. I think Penn State's gonna. Of the two games, which is the more likely that they're going to trip up? Penn State. I think so too. Yeah. I think so too. Michigan seems to be playing with they're a little bit more of a pulse. So. Um, Fair point on that one. Yeah, remains to be seen. He's hired the right guy, Tim Navis, a former college athlete and NCAA investigator. Uh, so he certainly knows the ins and outs, not only from an athletic, from an athlete's perspective, but that NCAA investigator. Now he's going to do battle amongst the uh, the organization that he used to work for. All right, Dave Sinekin coming up, uh, theheadcheese.com. Boy, the Packers last week. I think you just draw a line through the football game. I mean, everybody's got one. Seemingly, uh, everybody's got one of these um, one of these clunkers, right? And it, and it certainly happened to uh, the Packers last week as they had no answer for the Chargers. So I forgot to mention this before we got Dave Syndicate on. He's actually in Iowa City. I hope it's okay for me to, to Iowa share City. this family news with Dave. But his son <laughs> is taking a college visit to the University of Iowa. This oh, year. that's awesome. My Dave. question is, Dave, is how, when, when's Bloomington on the list? Uh, it's on a list for sure. Uh, <laughs> we haven't made the date yet, but uh, this seemed to work out well. It was drivable, and uh, we're going to check out the Hawkeyes tonight at Carver Hawkeye Arena. Nice for you. Very nice. Well, and the, the reason I brought up Indiana is because our guest, Dave Sinekin, is an Indiana grad. So, Dave, let's get to the here and now, and that's the Packers back on the field. You know, my take, Dave, and I'm assuming, you know, they, they were off to such a good start. They were 7-1, and one, and then they go out to L.A., weird place to play, and they they just were flat. Is that how you saw it? That's how I hope it goes. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, you've got a first-year head coach and a young team, and they're out to L.A., and they're listening to their, their press clippings, and, yeah, I hope that's it. I uh, Man, I watched a very immobile Philip Rivers last night mm-hmm. thinking, how did we not get to that guy last Sunday? So this is going to be a real telling game on Sunday with the bye coming up and then a trip to San Francisco. This is a game Green Bay really needs to get up off the mat and show who they are because if they trip up on Sunday – have to think about a two-game slide for two weeks and then head to the 49ers, uh, this thing can get away from them pretty quickly. Carolina this week, Christian McCaffrey, of course, is the headliner there. They have the distraction, or non-distraction, Cam Newton getting shut down for the rest of the year. But Christian McCaffrey, I mean, it's not like you got a guy in the scout team that really is going to be able to mimic right. what Christian McCaffrey could do. What's the defense doing to prepare for him this week? Man, that's the question du jour, Trent. Um you know, one thing Green Bay did last Sunday was they stayed in their nickel and dime packages where they don't have uh, really good run support. I expect them to change that up and use B.J. Goodson, a guy they got from the Giants early in the season, a big inside linebacker, to, to put next to Blake Martinez to just make them have to throw the football. McCaffrey is going to be a problem for Green Bay. They're the 25th-ranked run defense. Uh, he doesn't need uh, – he, he can go up against the top five run defense and look really good. So uh, Green Bay is going to have to make Kyle Allen beat them and uh, do all they can to sell out uh, against the run. And they also get back a safety named Ibrahim Campbell, who's missed the whole year. He'll be the dime linebacker. And uh, Green Bay lost their regular guy early in the season, Raven Green, after week two. And their run defense really suffered when he went out. So getting Campbell back should help a little bit. But, uh, yeah, you have to pay a lot of attention to Christian McCaffrey, who's a human highlight film and – yeah, I think Packer fans are already nervous about what he might have in store for Green Bay on Sunday. You mentioned uh, the defensive backfield getting guys healthy. Joshua Jackson, former Iowa defensive back, second-round pick last year and just hasn't found a spot. No, he was banged up in training camp, but 
I think I saw, what, 68 snaps is all that he's played so far this season. Josh Jackson, what, what's happening here, a second-year guy that just hasn't been able to see the field? It's a real head-scratcher. I remember when they drafted him, uh, he was thought of as a potential first-round talent that, that Green Bay kind of stole there in the second round. He was a healthy scratch mm. last Sunday, and that's concerning because Kevin King was dealing with a snap count with a groin injury, only played 20 snaps himself. Tony Brown, a former undrafted kid out of Alabama, is ahead of Jackson on the depth chart. You know, he was real handsy last year, a, a kind of a walking penalty flag, and I think he has to learn how to play cornerback. Maybe he'll be a safety in this league, but it's rapidly becoming a lost season for him, and it's a real disappointment because that's a guy, when you draft a guy in the second round, that's, that's two second-round picks in the past three years. Josh Jones, a safety Green Bay drafted a couple years earlier that's you know, out of the league now. Um, really hope he can turn it around, but I don't expect Green Bay to, to expect Josh Jackson to be a, a member of the secondary that's going to contribute week in and week out this season. Hmm. You know, Dave, you mentioned to me uh, that the fan base, last week when we had you on, that the fan base is really torn uh, on, when it comes to Blake Martinez, who, you know, going into last week was leading the lead in, in league in tackles. And you pointed out that, you know, that never, we don't love him necessarily. So I kind of paid more attention to social media and his game a little bit. I can see now, having watched him close, um, you know, why that there is such a difference of opinion when it comes to this guy. He makes a lot of tackles. He does lead the league in tackles, but he makes a lot of them four and five yards downfield. Yeah. Um, when he's got a clean look at a, at a back, he can get that tackle. But if he gets up into a – if somebody gets blocking him, he, he's not strong enough to shed that, that blocker at all. And Green Bay is going to have a big decision with him because he's in line for a new deal. And, and my hunch is in Mike Pettin's offense, and obviously uh, Blake was here before Pettin came around, uh, he's looking for a much more athletic inside linebacker. That's that's one area Green Bay has not addressed via the draft or free agency. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Green Bay lets Blake Martinez walk. He's a nice player, but um, not a guy you want to count on in this kind of a defense where you need a guy that can go sideline to sideline, attack players. He just doesn't have that pedigree. He's He's an average player, and he's not going to get paid like much more than that. Uh, Dave Sinekin talks uh, the Green Bay Packers on the flagship of the Minnesota Vikings, KFAN, and has done so. He's now in his 24th year every uh, Sunday morning. Uh, Dave, when you look at the division overall, I mean, everybody lost last week. The Vikings sounds like are going to be without feeling on Sunday night to take on the Cowboys. The Bears seem to be a mess. The Lions are the Lions. Everybody lost last week, but really no damage done other than, you know, for your Packers uh, trying to get that – you know, that home field and that buy-in round number one. But other than that, you know, everybody fell last week. Yeah, you know, the Packers and Vikings both lost to AFC teams. If you're going to lose, obviously losing in the other conference is the least uh, harmful when you're building a resume. Uh, it's going to be a really big November because the, the Vikings schedule gets really tough this month with road games and road prime time games for Kirk Cousins mm. in Dallas, Seattle, and the Chargers. So, if, if Minnesota really stumbles in November, they might fall too far behind. But if they can hold their own, you know, they got all three of their division games coming up at home in December. So if they kind of handle their business in November and don't lose too many, they might end up being the favorite in this division. That's why Green Bay has to take care of business this week, knowing that San Francisco might be tricky, but games against the Giants and Redskins and Lions are still upcoming and Chicago winnable games. But, um, uh, this game, Carolina, to me, is the toughest home game left on Green Bay's calendar. They still have to go to San Francisco and Minnesota, uh, two tough places, obviously, to win. So 
Uh, we're not going to decide things in November. But we're going to know a lot more about Green Bay and Minnesota by the time Thanksgiving rolls around. You can read Dave Seneca in theheadcheese.com. You can listen to him on KFAN or the iHeart app, 7 a.m. again in year 24, uh, talking Packers on the flagship of the Vikings, which is really cool. Good stuff, Dave Seneca. Enjoy Iowa City. Thank you. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Sounds good. See you guys. Thank you for doing that. Dave Sinekin, headcheese.com. Tom Caker does, well, he's not in Iowa City yet, I wouldn't think. He, where does he live? Quad Cities. Quad Cities. Okay. So, um, well, we're going to catch him wherever he is. We'll he's got him. a busy one. I, I wonder if he's going to the game tonight oh, or if I he's just he going is. to Madison. Oh, no, the Madison games at three. The I would think that the Hawkeye media will be up in her bright and early and in the car early. But a Friday night in Madison? There's something to be said for that, isn't there? Yeah. We'll find out. But first, let's give, try to give away some money. Yes, indeed. Let's do so. Boy, Omaha has had a... Come they, on. They seem to get let's a winner. Let's stop losing to Omaha. Everybody right now, get out Crazy. your phone. Let's text. Let's text. It's time to put another $1,000 in somebody's pocket. We're like, we're, we're happy that Midwesterners are winning this contest. But let's try and keep it a little bit closer to home. Simply right now, text the keyword yoga to 200-200 right now. Chance to win a grand yoga to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Uh, Tom Cakert on the Hawks. Dylan Montz on the Clones. Still to come. We're here until noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station 1460. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Con in Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. With you here until noon. Claxon's Barbecue in the 11 o'clock hour, about 11.45-ish. We'll give four of our contestants a chance to win that. Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com. He joins the program tomorrow at 3. Wisconsin and Iowa, Big Ten West. Huge battle. Tonight! Well, Southern Illinois, Edwardsville against the Hawks. Hawks a 24-point favorite, 8 o'clock. Tom, will you see them both? Are you going to Madison early? I am going to see them both. I just want to know if Trent's betting on the Iowa basketball game tonight. Oh, that I'm all over the Hawks. Tr- I am laying the <laughs> 20. Hey, when the Cougars come to town, you got to lay the points here. Hawks big tonight. You remember last time SIU Edwardsville came to town, it was Fran's first year, and Iowa, and that Iowa team wasn't great. No. They won 110 to 55. Yeesh. SIU Edwardsville, their transition to D1 has not gone very well here over the last decade. Uh, no, I don't think it will ever go well. <laughs> They're awful That's gonna every be my year. Bold prediction. Yeah, I think- uh, we might need one more bold prediction from you. Actually, I need two because we won't talk to you until Foster's announcement comes. And then the other bold ah. prediction is Jordan Bohannon, and he's, I guess, going to come off the bench again tonight. Uh, are you a lean? Which way do you think Bohannon is leaning? And then, just as importantly for the future, at least four years of the future, you would think uh, the Foster decision. How about both of those, Tom? Yeah, uh, start with Foster first because that's probably the most intriguing one. Um, it is a real coin flip. I mean, I, I spent a little time with his dad on Monday at the exhibition game and I said, I, you know, just any feel. And he goes, he goes, I don't know that Xavier knows mm. and he certainly hasn't told us, <laughs> uh, but they told him we got to know by Friday so we can, you know, kind of let people know. Let, let um, you know, coaches, you got, you kind of want to give coaches a heads up. I, that's the right thing to do. Um, you know, so 
I'm going to guess that something's going to leak out this weekend just as coaches get informed. Um, you know, I, that's just my guess. So, um, but I, I do think it's just honestly a coin flip. Um, you know, I think he's got so many family ties to Iowa. I, I think maybe there's some push there, but it's just so hard to tell. I'd be guessing. Just guess. Guess on Bohannon's future. Uh, you know, once once he uh, sees a few more games and makes that decision, which way do you think he's leaning? You know, a couple of weeks ago uh, at media day and everything, I would have said, "Boy, he's going to go, and it's going to be no question. Uh, he's going to play this year, and I think everything will be okay." And now, I'm kind of of the opinion he's going to play as many games as he can. And then he's going to decide to sit. That's if somebody put, you know, kind of gun to the head pick, that's what I would say right now. All right. Well, he's still got some games to play around with. We'll see how it goes there. We'll keep an eye on Bohannon as the season officially starts tonight with SIU Edwardsville. To football we go. Just a little matchup here for the Hawkeyes this week. Tom, I, I continue to look at this game. I, I try to both use my analytical hat and my fan hat. I just continue to come up and say, how is Iowa going to score with the issues that we've seen with that offensive line, especially at the guard position? How are they going to possibly move the football against the Badgers? Here's my other thought. Do all of us who witnessed the game two years ago still have like PTSD I do. From, from watching <laughs> yep. that game? I, Guilty. I fully admit that I do. Um, and, um, and, and, and it's, you know, Stanley, it was probably his worst yep. game that he's played as a Hawkeye. I think it just, he was just not good that day. Um, it's the same spot. He hasn't come up, you know, he's yet to come up big in one of these spots on the road. He just hasn't. And, uh, I, you know, Wisconsin lost two straight. They've had a week to stew on that. Mm-hmm. Boy, that's just a, that's a scary spot for Iowa, I think. And, you know, I, I picked, uh, my picks up, and uh, you know, the twenty to ten, Wisconsin was my pick, and I, I just, uh, you see a lot of ways for Wisconsin to win. It's going to take some help, turnovers, that sort of thing, for uh, uh, Iowa to win uh, up in Madison. You know, Tom, I think you're you're spot on because um, as I look at this game, I think I was going to have to score twenty one points to win the football game, and I don't know if they can against that Wisconsin team. Yeah. Uh, look, Illinois put twenty four up on them somehow. I know it was a fluky one, not fluky one, but uh, certainly one. Wisconsin the last few minutes of that football game. Ohio State's a different animal. They put thirty eight up on them. I think I was going to have to score twenty one, twenty four points and i don't think they can yeah i just i just don't see uh, you know i just don't see a path for iowa to to, to score more than 21 points i just uh, they can i mean illinois did it but illinois was so fluky right i mean it just it just was because they never ran a play in, in wisconsin's red zone that entire game mm-hmm. and you score 24 points how do you do that right yeah, that's just that that happens you know once a decade kind of game um so i you know wisconsin's defense is really good iowa has never really oh they did kind of solve it last year they did pretty well against them last year but that was at kinnick and uh, up there i just think this is a really bad spot for iowa with wisconsin coming off those two losses I guess the one area that you look at, and Iowa does have an advantage, and I think a pretty significant one, 
isn't special teams. The Wisconsin field yeah. goal kickers missed, what, four field goals this mm-hmm. year. He struggled anything over 40 yards. Their punting game has not been very good. 93rd in the country in punting on the season there. If Iowa can make it, well, like the 2015 game, 10-6, you know, something tight, low-scoring, ugly, ugly this thing up, maybe that's a deciding factor, and Iowa walks away with a, I don't know, a 12-10 win on four field goals. In. Yeah, that's a- the, the 2015 game is yep. is kind of the path, yep. is, is the path. It's got to be one of those, you know, 12-10 type games for Iowa to win. Uh, you know, I've always, I've told all my Hawkeye friends this week who might like to wager on this game, just bet the under. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right. Bet the under. Yeah. What, is 37, 36, 37? Yeah. yeah, I thought it was 38. Maybe it's down even more is now. It? I mean, you know, just. You know, you want to have some fun. Bet that. Bet the under in the Iowa Wisconsin game, and bet the under in Purdue Northwestern. That, there's your path. But make some money. Yeah, indeed. Hey, what do you what do, what do you sense? Listen to Ference on Brandon Smith. Does it sound like uh, that this might be longer than than most originally anticipated? I I'm in that camp. Me I too. Just, it didn't sound. You know, when I asked him about that on Tuesday, you know, normally a Kirk Ferentz answer would say, yeah, it's probably going to be a couple more weeks, but there was no couple more weeks. Mm-hmm. It was just like, yeah, they tell me he's getting better, but that's it. And there was no time frame. So I kind of wonder if we've seen the last of Brandon, at least for the regular season, he'd probably be available for a bowl game, but uh, I'd be surprised if we see him uh, the rest of the regular season. Bigger game for one of these two guys, Brian Ferentz or Nate Stanley for them going forward, their legacy, whatever fact you want to put into it, who's a bigger for tomorrow? That's a really good question. I, I This is Nate's really last shot at a mm-hmm. kind of a legacy-defining thing, so yeah. I think for, for Nate, it's probably it, it, I'd say probably Stanley, because there'll be other opportunities for Brian to yeah. kind of define things. But you also have to remember two years ago, this was his low point. You know, coming off 55 points, putting up against uh, Ohio State and just trucking them and doing everything right, and, and then to have 66 yards uh, of total offense, it was just it was it was as ugly as it as as it sounded. And and uh, yeah, Brian Brian will probably do. I, I think they have to do better. I mean, there's just there's no way they're going to have a 66 yard output this this week. But. Um, I, I just think Brian's got more chances down the road. This is it for Nate. He's got the, and this is the biggest game for him because he's a Wisconsin kid. So he wins this one. I think his legacy reshapes in Iowa football history, especially if he goes out and wins another bowl game. Does that beats the Gophers? Gets to a Big Ten championship game, regardless what happened there. Prevents Nebraska from going to a bowl. That would be a good one too. A lot of different angles still out there. Tom, before we go, you mentioned your friends that you're talking about gambling with. We know that you're just throwing your friends out of the bus. You're becoming a true degenerate and hat tip to you. What's your favorite bet of the weekend? What are you on? Uh, boy, um, you know, I I really kind of like we were, we were talking about this off air, the, the BC game mm-hmm. uh, this week. Florida State just fired their coach it's the the red bandana game for for the uh, for boston college too and that always means a lot mm, to yeah. that program yep. and um i i just i i think bc is in a good spot you know and they're only like given two and a half right now yep. so i i jump on the i jump on the eagles this week 
Well, get uh, get Florida State now before Dion turns him around. <laughs> oh my God! That's the dumbest story. <laughs> really? Uh, hey, Tom. Thank you for doing this. We'll we'll talk to you next week in advance of Minnesota. Thanks, Tom Kakert. Okay, thanks, guys. Good Bye-bye. to talk to you, Tom Kakert. HawkeyeReport.com. And if you want to see that Iowa-Minnesota game next week, you have an opportunity. Go right now to KXNO.com. Click on the contest tab. You'll see win tickets to Iowa versus Minnesota. All you have to do, be closest without going over. Total points, Iowa-Wisconsin. Got a tiebreaker in there, too. Go sign up, KXNO.com. Your chance to wear a pair of tickets to the Iowa-Minnesota game, courtesy of Dr. Stephen Fuller. All right, Trent, we'll come back. Dylan Montz uh, from the Ames Tribune. He's making his way to Norman. We'll catch up with Dylan Montz. He'll preview Oklahoma and Iowa State next. We're here until noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 14... This is Iowa State Athletics Director Jamie Pollard, and you're listening to Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Thank you again, Tom Kankert, HawkeyeReport.com, as we took a look at Wisconsin and Iowa. Now to do similar with Iowa State. Let's get Dylan Monson here. He's making his way into Norman. Uh, Saturday night, 7 o'clock, Big Fox has the game. Big Fox has both of the local games this weekend. Uh, Dylan Trenton, Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you, Dylan Monts? Doing well, guys. How, how are you? Doing fine. So, so where does Oklahoma rank as far as stops uh, in, in the Big 12 for you? This is actually the last uh, football stadium I haven't been to. Uh, oh, really? Norman. Yeah, I've been to Norman one time for a basketball game. Um, that environment's a little bit different. Um, you know, even back then, uh, the game I was at was the George Niang Buddy Heald type of year. Oh, so yeah, the yeah. Game was game was really good. The environment wasn't what you'd find in in Ames or in Allen Fieldhouse or you know maybe even in Lubbock nowadays uh, with that basketball environment. But um, yeah, I, I've heard a lot of good things about Norman and. Um, you know, right by Oklahoma City, so it's kind of a big area with different stuff to do. So I'm looking forward to checking it out. Well, I'm looking forward to watching the football game, and I, I think there's going to be a lot of points scored, Dylan. The defenses, I mean, they gave, Oklahoma gave up a ton of points to, to K-State in that loss. Uh, Iowa State's defense is good, but, man, this offense that they're facing today, or tomorrow, rather, uh, with the uh, you know the three-headed monster, a Heisman candidate, a quarterback, um, a couple of really good receivers, C.D. Lamb, Ram. I think people underestimate what he brings to this football team. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of points scored, Dylan. Guess is where I'm going. Do you see it similar? Yeah, I think that's kind of Oklahoma's mo. And the, the thing that makes them so tough to defend is, uh, yeah, Jalen Hurts can throw the ball, but he's also their, their lead yes. rusher. And Iowa State, that's kind of maybe the one thing with the defense is mobile quarterbacks really can kind of wreak havoc at times. So you look back and. You know, Charlie Brewer was able to do it a little bit early in the year. And, um, you know, Max Duggan at times, uh, although Iowa State played well in that game. But um, I I think that's the biggest thing is they're going to have to be as sound defensively as they've been all year just because of how quickly Oklahoma can get things going. And, um, you know, John Haycock said it earlier this week when he met with the media. Um, You know, Oklahoma State, uh, there was kind of a blueprint there on how to um, you know, create big plays and scoring opportunities. And it, this was kind of a reminder of how assignments sound um, and, and fundamentally, um, you know, strong you have to be uh, when you play a team like that. So Oklahoma presents some similar challenges. Hey, Dylan, good to talk to you here, getting ready for this matchup. And, you know, going back to the Kansas State game for Oklahoma, there was a lot of conversation about their inability or just not trying to run the football outside of Jalen Hurts. Two outstanding running backs in Trey Sermon and Kennedy Brooks. They combined 
for six carries in that game. It's crazy. Do you, do you anticipate Oklahoma is going to make a more concerted effort here to run the football and run it with those running backs? Yeah, I think there's been enough noise around that where, um, you know, trying to, you'll appreciate this. It's almost like the Chicago Bears a little bit. Ugh. you got to be able to run the ball with the running backs just to at least keep the defense honest a little bit. So I think, um, yeah, as effective as Jalen Hurts is, uh, you, you want to have – you have those running backs be involved a little bit. It just kind of can keep teams off balance a little bit. Um, you know, even if it's spot carries here and there, you have to be committed to the run so you can set up the pass, set up the quarterback design run. So I would expect them uh, certainly to have uh, more than six combined carries uh, tomorrow. You know what, uh, if, as I look at this game uh, from Oklahoma perspective, you know, s- seeing where they are and seeing the path, the difficult path that is ahead of them for any Big 12 school, but in particular Oklahoma to find their way into the four-team playoff. After, after that loss, they got a couple of Pac-12 schools ahead of them. They're on a collision course. But Oklahoma, to me, is going to try, they're going to try and impress the committee. It's going to be up to Iowa State's defense, because I think this is a beauty contest for Oklahoma. I really do. I think Hertz is going to, and and uh, Lincoln Riley, these two, they're going to try and score as much as they possibly can. They need to make a statement. I wish that Iowa State was already off of their schedule. I'm worried that Oklahoma's uh, offense is really going to uh, uh, give it their best shot on Saturday night. That's another difference between from what um, Oklahoma's done the last couple of years, both losses to Iowa State two years ago and then to Texas uh, last year. Both of those were you know much earlier in the year, so right. you had time to make it up and you didn't have to try to go with these last four games and have some style points, but they're going to try to do everything they can to make to make um, you know people's eyes pop a little bit, and um, you know certainly they have the ability to do that offensively. And you know with a name brand like Oklahoma, with a player like Jalen Hurts, they have the recognition there. But um, you know doing it against the defense potentially uh, like Iowa State that ranks at or near the top of the Big Twelve in a lot of statistical categories, um, it does send a message. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see not only. Um, you know how how Oklahoma kind of goes about its game plan, but how how sharp and ready Iowa State can be after having last week off. Couple of former teammates getting together on this one on opposite sidelines. Of course, Matt Campbell for Iowa State and Alex Grinch, a guy that has mm, been yeah, one of the most point. coveted defensive coordinators in college football over the last few years. Any conversation at all was that brought up with Campbell earlier this week? Yeah, a little bit. Um, you know, certainly a lot of respect between those two. All of those. Um, former Mount Union players and coaches are really close to, you know, Tom Manning and Matt Capone, both on Iowa State staff, played at Mount Union as well. But um, there's some familiarity there. And, um, you know, certainly, you know, you can take the K-State game and um, it, it was what it was. But Oklahoma's defense has improved a lot overall from what it was the last couple of years. And he's kind of reinvented some of the structures of, of what they do. And, um, you know, I think Matt Campbell and Tom Manning maybe, maybe even alluded to it a little bit. You can see some fingerprints of, of Alex Grinch on that unit and, um, and maybe some of the Matt Mount Union background. But, um, you know, a, a lot of respect there uh, from, from, you know, former teammates. And it, it'll be interesting to see kind of uh, the battle of the wits um, from the offense and defensive side. Did Haycock let on if he's going to put a spy on, on Hurts in this football game? If so, would it be Marcel Spears, I guess, would get that assignment? Did, did Haycock, when you guys had an opportunity middle of the week to speak with him, was that brought up at all? Uh, yeah, not specifically. I, I would imagine that's what they would do. Uh, I think, uh, you know, they've they've tried to do that at times with, with the mobile quarterbacks just because they have kind of, um, you know, burned them. Uh, a few different situations, but um, yeah, not not specifically on the strategy or what guy, but I would imagine that's what they would try to do uh, with one of those linebackers with 
um, you know, maybe Vance in the middle, maybe you switch some things around, uh, you know, but uh, Spears is probably a good candidate. So here's a story off the field. Oklahoma returning home for the first time since the Boomer Scooter went down. Oh, boy. That thing up and running? No, it's good? done. It's done for the year. Done for the year? Yeah, done for the year. Yeah, yeah they shut it down for the year, so oh. we'll have to wait until 2024 to come back, unfortunately. You finally get to cover a game in Norman, <laughs> right. and you're not going to get to see the scooter. How terrible is that? Incredibly disappointed. Uh, I wanted to get the full experience, but um, if, if it's going to keep some people safe, then I guess we'll go with it. But yeah, uh, unbelievable turn of events. Yeah, it'd be like going to Boulder and not getting an opportunity to see Ralphie, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. I wonder, exactly. you know what, yeah. honest to God, I kind of say that in jest, but you just wonder... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With these animals, yes. you know, how much longer? Uh, Remember last year in the Sugar Bowl, Bevo going after yes, the Bulldog? Yes, I do. That's a great I forgot all about that. Uh, very interesting. Well, Dylan Montz, uh, appreciate you coming on. I really do. I look forward to this football game. Texas comes in next week. Uh, it's going to be, look, here's the thing. There's going to be a lot, of eyeball, a lot of eyeballs, college football fans, tuning into this one uh, on uh, tomorrow night because, like Notre Dame and Duke is on the ACC network. Nobody cares. Clemson's a 30-plus point favorite over NC State. That's on ABC. That'll be blowout city. If this is a tight game, a lot of folks are going to be seeing Iowa State and Oklahoma, Dylan, is my take. Yeah, absolutely. The Being on Big Fox really yep. changes the stakes a little bit. and a, a game that has been competitive both ways the last several years. So, um, you know, a, a lot to, to read into this and, and certainly going to be a fun one. Well, we'll recap it with you on uh, Monday morning at uh, 1030 or so before you jump on the uh, Matt Campbell's uh, Big 12 teleconference as they will get set next week to take on Texas, but Oklahoma here uh, tomorrow night at 7. Dylan, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Yep, thanks, guys. Take care. Yeah, good to talk to you. Dylan Mons, as uh, we talk Iowa State. Trent, the schedule sets up so well as far as I mean, Clemson, NC State, what was the line? Is it 34, something ridiculous yeah, it's like huge, that? It's huge, yeah. Notre Dame, Duke on the ACC network. I get Notre Dame's a national brand. Um, Washington State, Cal's Pac-12 network. Missouri, Georgia, right on ESPN, but mm-hmm. that's got a chance to be decent, I guess. But Tennessee, I, Kentucky might be close. Might be close. But Where's that, SEC network? Uh, I would guess. Yeah, it, it is SEC. Yes. I'm looking at it now. Yep, it's SEC network. And 32 currently the number for Clemson. 32. Um, if this is a good football game? The Textile Bowl. Is that what they call it? That's the name of this rather. I did not know that. Yes. Uh, but Iowa State, Oklahoma, a lot of people are going to be tuning in. Well, hopefully a lot of folks will continue to listen in as we're going to do an NFL segment to lead off the 11 o'clock hour. Then Bama, Trent, and I will go around all of this unbelievable slate uh, of college football tomorrow. We've got Claxon's Barbecue to give away, our picks, Mark Charter's picks coming up as well. We're here until noon, a busy final hour of our week coming up next. Glad you're spending time with us. It's Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports station 1460